You are about to experience the Core Academy Podcast. Welcome to the flow. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Core Academy Podcast. The next episode. That's right. That's what we're going to call from now on. That's where we're going to get caught up in numbers. Yeah. (laughs) We want to talk about concepts versus moves or concepts versus... Techniques. Techniques. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's better put. Um, So basically, the way I see it as a student in jujitsu and somebody that's now starting to play a little bit more of a teacher role and the ability to explain it to somebody there's sort of these two aspects there's the concept the idea and then there's the actual like technique that you utilize in rolling or in 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 sparring okay so um there's a reason why we do some drills because they develop concepts and moves correct the ability to move right right exercise yeah the way Mm -hmm. that in which we communicate and we speak about jujitsu in terms of like body mechanics. It was killing several birds with one stone, right? Yeah. Angles, this, uh, positions, pressure points, these types of When we drill, we're drilling for for obviously mechanics. We're we're drilling for um, cardiovascular, you know, reasons obviously to get endurance. you in shape, endurance, right? Um, constantly drilling just builds muscle memory, right? Um, there, there's so many reasons that that we do what we do, but a lot of the concepts that are required to understand in order to make a technique or a move work, and you guys can't see me doing air quotes. <laughs> um, you have to be able to move properly in order to make that technique actually work, right? Right. So, a concept versus a technique. Um, what would be a good good example? Let's let's use like a scissor sweep, very basic scissor sweep, right? Cross grip on the collar. You're holding the sleeve. You're in close guard. You open your guard. You hip out. Set your knee up across the the body. Drop your leg to the floor so you can sweep their base, right? And you can kick your your top leg and, and scissor their upper body. A lot of people have a hard time getting the scissor sweep off when they're actually rolling because they don't understand the concept of angles and coming up on the elbow and using leverages, right? Right. I think this is where the biggest difference is, is is in understanding conceptually how to execute a move. So there's a there's a difference in rolling because it's live, because there's so many more variables involved, because there's so many more unknowns, because things are constantly changing and evolving and and but I think if you understand the basic ideas behind jujitsu and the basic concepts that are in them, they're going to help you to become a better player. So then, in the idea of that you'd mentioned with the with the scissor sweep. scissor sweep, yeah. So there's concepts that are built into the ways that we drill it. For example, you can't execute the scissor sweep if you're flat on your back. Right. So you have to be able to understand not only cutting an angle but being in the correct body position to do it. So if you understand those two concepts, they'll they'll evolve into other aspects of jiu-jitsu. They're not just going to play into the scissor sweep. Right. Those types of things are going to be built into other moves. 
But when you're rolling, if you can understand those concepts and you can visualize them, then you can utilize them whether you're trying to execute a number of techniques. Yeah, like the concept of creating that angle and getting on your side and getting that body position right, especially for that, that sweep, the scissor sweep, a lot of that concept understanding comes from the most simple drill that we do every day, shrimping. Shrimping. Shrimping, you know, and the way we shrimp, you know, heels up, hips up, top leg escapes first. Great example is as a brown belt, when I switched teams and went to Team Pasos, I was shrimping incorrectly and I didn't understand the concept of why we shrimp and why the top leg escapes first and this, that, the other thing. You know what I mean? To me, shrimping was a move and it wasn't anything that had concepts behind it. I didn't understand the angles and the reasons why. So a lot of times I would get my guard passed because I didn't understand that top leg position and the angle. I just, it just wasn't taught to me up to that point. Right. You know? But when you began to break it down and understand the reason for why you're drilling this, why you're making it become muscle memory. I didn't break it down. It was pointed out to me. Out, <laughs> right. Yeah. It was taught to me right. why, why I was being passed and why this kept happening. Got it. You know, that's what Tony does for us. Yep. Yeah, other concepts in jujitsu could be like push-pull, inside control. Um, you know, what are other good examples of concepts you can think of? Like the, the pre pressure concept, it. diagonals. Diagonals, right? How yep. the body works on diagonals and how the concepts like we talk about are, and within our, our system are things like, you know, killing the hips, um, killing the arm. Um, isolation. Isolations, right? Feeding the, the, the lapel, like inside body, under the arm, stapling shoulder to the ground. Proper grips. Shoulder pressure. Right. Things like that. You know, how to run the hips properly. Why your knee needs to be in the back pocket, not down by the, the thigh or the knee. All those conceptual aspects of jujitsu um, are are extremely important when it comes to the execution of the move that you want to be successful with, right. especially when you're going live. Right. Well, yeah. So going live is a whole different way of processing con conceptual jujitsu. Mm. Uh, when you're going live, you react more on instinct and Comfortability. So what moves that you're used to executing, things that you're going for. There's always, everyone has their particular style and flavor. But I think the beauty of understanding concepts and kind of visualizing them as more than just, you know, plain moves and seeing them as like a way of framing, for example, or a way of using leverage and a way of using um, angles. Those are the things that, when you're rolling live, they kind of evolve into the muscle memory, but mm. I think it helps to have that in the back of my mind while I'm kind of in that play because it's all built in. So you sort of have to see it coming. Yeah, well, I think that that's a, a big part of um, the drilling that we do is when you consist consistently drill and you consistently have that connection with with somebody that you're training with it helps to kind of soften the blow when you go to roll right because like spinning on the back is a perfect example 
part of that is obviously it's hard, right? It's it's very challenging for cardio. Whenever we spin and you have new people in class, they look at it and it's they almost like it looks so easy that they feel like they don't have to pay attention. Like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, or like the armbar drill going from side to side right. and going off the hip and right. biting high up on the back right. and making sure your knees are put together. Like, those are all concepts that are built into that quite, you know, for a new person, a challenging things to execute. But then for the person who's has their arm in, the one on their knees, like, you're feeling that pressure. Mm-hmm. You're feeling that, like... You know, if so right. when it's done right, it it's fast and it and it and you kind of have that that setup to. We can say like the feeling of control. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you get the S mount on somebody and you get that position the right way, the person on the bottom wants to give you that arm because they want you off their chest. They want to be able to breathe again. They want their lungs back, right? Um, and the only way you get to that understanding of that concept is to drill it thousands of times so it becomes second nature like if you have to stop and think about it then you're too late then you have to compensate with strength and power and then you get tired and then all of a sudden like you know once you start getting fatigued you obviously you know your 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 ability to to function just goes out the window so drilling and repping the concepts the explanation the little theory that goes behind it it's also important. And without the concepts or that understanding, you know, body alignments and positions. It's more the, about like why. Well, the techniques don't really work that well. Right. Why know? this technique? Then they become moves. It's not a technique anymore. Now it's right. a move. This work, And then this... people say things like, hey, the move's not working. What am I doing wrong? It's like, well, the concept of the move is wrong. That's why it's not working. Right. Yeah. And even concepts within strategy. It's like. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Like our lesson last week. Right. The soup choke. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you you often in jujitsu force something to occur. Uh, if you can. If done correctly and if the pressure is the right way and the, the setup is correct, more often than not you will force your opponent to do something that's predictable. And when you say force, you don't mean necessarily use force. You no, mean I mean make you, them make a mistake or you set them up. Yeah, cause and effect. Right. Right. There's something right. that you're doing. It's like chess. You set it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's You're going to make somebody want to shrimp away in this situation. Right. And then therefore, because you know they're going to move that way, you're going to react accordingly. So understanding those con- – understanding what happens when. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the last uh, episode where having a, a, a black belt or, or a higher-ranked individual on the mat with you – is super helpful because you know maybe at blue belt level you have an idea of the concept or the position that you want to get or the finish that you're going for or the move or technique you're going for um but you don't know all the different outs the person has at the time because you haven't done it enough you're just not experienced enough but as a black belt i know i can have the same entry that that blue belt has but I know when I start setting up this grip that the person's going to usually react like, you know, three or four different ways and I'm prepared for it. For all of those. For all of those. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if any other blue belt has gone through these woes. I'm sure they all have where you think you're about to execute something, you know, flawlessly. And then the unexpected hap- happens mm-hmm. and you are found yourself 
in a completely new game plan. Right. And you're either well-equipped to handle it or you're not. And obviously, if you're not, you know what happens. And if you are, sometimes your new plan works out and sometimes it doesn't. I forgot who said it, but um, some black belt, and it was a, like a, one of the old school OG black belts, they were saying there's something like uh, the white belt and blue belt blues. And that's where a white belt or blue belt will go after a, a position or, or finish, setting up a technique. And they will hold on to that thing like a like a gator like death roll grip because they don't want to let it go because they're not sure if they're going to get there again or even how to set it up again, right? So you have brown belts and black belts or purple belts, people with, with you know years of experience that they'll go for an entry. The person will you know break off that that initial attack and then they'll go back again. And they'll go back again. And they'll go back again three or four times. And within that three or four times of setting up or that that entry. Now they know what the person's reaction is going to be, and now they have a, they have an according plan for it. That's a major difference of time on the mat, reps, and experience versus someone that's you know a really athletic, highly skilled, tough blue belt. Right. It's the experience. Right. You know. Yes, it's being able to kind of like predict the future. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's also pretty interesting when you start to understand how to manipulate somebody's body. As, again, going back to a concept, like how to break somebody's body down, how to kill their spine, how to eliminate variables so that you can proceed with other attacks and other uh, pins or, or, or whatnot. But, you know, the concept of angles in jujitsu is another one that comes to mind a lot mm-hmm. and how not just creating an angle with your own body, but how you change the other person's ability to move by changing their angle. So, for example, something that comes to mind a lot is like when you're in, so you have somebody in your guard, and you you put in the hand uh, grip on the collar, thumb up, right. And if you pull them down and rotate, you rotate their spine and head, therefore killing their ability to come back Posture up. Posture up, right. Right. So that sort of concept of changing their angle works in a number of positions, even in side control, your ability to like move their head to the side so that their spine can't move while killing their hips. Mm-hmm. Like These are all concepts that I understand intellectually right it's not a move it's not a move right. yeah it's it's something that i look for and if i can execute it and i i i i know that it will help me out like there right. there's there's value in understanding those concepts once you get into a match uh do you remember the side body series where we feed the gi under the armpit right we yes. start applying shoulder pressure yes. then we run the hips we kill the, the arm, arm yes. then we go knee on belly, right? Then we kill the other arm, right? Or we post out with our arm. Now we're able to, to to slide our leg up and then go for a very controlled mount that's really hard for someone to beat if you follow the steps, right? Yes. Feeding the collar or feeding the lapel, the shoulder pressure, dropping your, your outside hip to the ground, being heavy on that shoulder, all those are concepts that will help you complete the technique or the move right the end result in that is trying to get to the mount or get in the arm bar from that side body position all those concepts are so important so like you'll have students sometimes that say professor every time i'm trying to feed the gi 
um, the person turns back into me, they shrimp out and they wind up, you know, reestablishing their guard. And I can tell you like nine times out of 10 without even looking at them doing it, I can say, you don't have enough shoulder pressure, you haven't killed their spine and you're, they have the ability to move. Like right away. Right. If, if, the, if the issue and the problem they're having is my partner keeps being able to regain their guard from side body, right away you know that you're not killing the spine and you're not controlling the head and the shoulders. Right. You're allowing your opponent to move. To move. Yeah. Right. Hence, going back to the concept of killing the spine, running the hips, and all that stuff, right? Yes. So, and I think it, there's there's it's a slightly deeper understanding too, because when I'm teaching glass and material, I like to explain the physical aspects of that material, like what happens to the glass while it's being heated up, what happens to it while it's cooling down. Mm. What there's there's always a cause and effect when you apply force onto something. Sure. And the human body is no different. So if you understand why somebody's arm is trapped and can't move. Or why they have to turn away from you from, instead of into you, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that's like and, and the the this is an interesting thing too to me because this was not taught to me in the beginning of my jujitsu. Uh, in the beginning of my jujitsu, it was more based on like moves and drills right. and rolls, mm -hmm. moves and drills and rolls. And I never really was, uh, I never developed conceptually. So I just right. sort of relied on muscle memory and drills and then that's it. So. But now as my jujitsu is evolving and getting more better, dare I say, right. advanced, but more better. <laughs> more better. Uh, I everyone knows what you mean. I'm starting to look out for these concepts when I'm when I'm rolling. I'm starting to like really process these ideas just as much as I still rely on drilling and rolling. Which is why you have to have the A, B, and C rolls. The A rolls are people that are better than you with more experience, right? The B-rolls are your peers, people on the same level, right? And then you have to have the C-rolls that are people that have much less experience. So you don't have to really worry about any defense. You can just apply your offense. Well, this is the greatest thing about being in the middle. Mm -hmm. So, and again, I, I, I've done this. I've looked, when I've looked out to get better at my craft, I always have a better experience in environments where I'm in the middle. Okay. So I'm teaching the people that are underneath me and by teaching, I'm learning. I am helping the people that are better than me be, and then I, I see what they do and I have a much more hands-on. Like you're assisting them, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's the same thing in jujitsu. On any given day, I could roll with somebody who's less experienced equally as experienced or much more experienced right. and out of each one of those situations you'll get something i 100 yeah. get something out yeah. of it yeah and that's why as you you know advance it's equally important to keep around your peers and people that you train with to make sure that you aren't hurting them right and that you are rolling in a productive way that everybody's getting something from it yeah well, yeah, when you think about concepts like um, the push-pull that we use in uh, triangles from the closed guard, uh, push-pull that we use when you're push playing spider guard. is probably my favorite 
concept to talk about in jujitsu. Yeah. Simply because it exists everywhere. Yeah, it's so prevalent, right? Right. The 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 fact is like I really see it with the with the kids. We have three drills that we do every single kids class. All right. They always do the push pull triangle. They always do the hip bump sweep. And I have them spin a lot from the back. Okay. So what you see when the kids roll is they're constantly going for triangles. They're constantly going for hip bump sweeps. And they are constantly spinning and they're all over their opponent. They're constantly moving. So when you build in a concept that like kind of branches off to so many aspects of like finishes or positions that you want to get to and it's second nature to you, your game just goes like it just it grows much, much faster because like you said, that muscle memory's there. You're not stopping and thinking. The the actual execution of a finish is gonna be so hard to get to unless the concepts and the base is there for you first. Yep. Right? Well, I like those three things that you mentioned for kids and even for beginner jujitsu students because the triangle is great because it teaches you how to attack with your legs. Right. It also teaches you how to break posture Mm -hmm. and to uh, uh, kill your opponent's ability to move. Right. Whether you execute the choke or not. Um, Spins. I love that because spins teach you how to transition on top of an opponent as they try and escape from mount to side control. How to shift your weight, keep balance. Yes, Mm -hmm. to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then the last one you mentioned was uh, hip bump hip bump sweep. Right. So hip bump sweep is is because now you're teaching them how to execute sweeps by cutting angles and inverting from bottom to top. Right. So like those three drills teach concepts within jujitsu that are probably some of the most relevant. I would believe. I think you know you have so many great jiu-jitsu players and, and effective jiu-jitsu players out there that do these things they just don't verbalize them, they don't verbalize it right they don't they don't emphasize it as a concept and as a very important factor in the overall you know ability to 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 get where you want to be in that transition or that series of that position you know that that's what i think here's the thing that i've always loved that hickson says and Hickson uses invisible jujitsu. Mm-hmm. We like talking about that because we're starting we you see it and you see how different players use terminologies in different ways, but effectively it means, means the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Um but one thing that Hickson says and he writes this in his book, he's like you need to be mentally as sharp as physically sharp. So if you're mentally uh, able to visualize and to understand it's just as important to your game as is the physical aspect of it and this is something that a lot of athletes talk about the visualization like I see uh, so I used to race downhill skiing mm-hmm. and before we would go down a mat go down the course we would we would walk it several times sure so we would understand the spacing between the gates and then our coaches would always say before you go visualize your run figure out each gate, know where it is, how much you have to turn, how much you have to lead into it versus the next one to the next. So the more you can visualize and be prepared and and something like ski racing, the, the gates aren't moving. Right. right. But in jujitsu... They're not fighting back. But in jujitsu, 
I, I, and I'm not saying that I'm there yet, but I can see what happens when you reach that understanding is that you know what your opponent will do because the concepts will lead you there because there's only a certain amount of things that somebody can do when you have removed their ability to move two out of three ways. Sure. Yeah. You got it. You got the concepts. I think so. Yeah, man. You're, you're, you have been progressing so much over the last five months, six months, because you're in a position where you're not just coaching because I'm like, hey, Mosh, can you come help me out on the mat? You're coaching to help the flow of the class. You're coaching to help yourself and help your partner. And it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is, there's no way that you can kind of fake your way around understanding what's going on when I'm on the mat with you, I'm watching what's going on, and then you're seeing like the little corrections or the little pro tips, I like to, to say, that you're giving you know, the lower belts. They're working and they're developing. And every time you do that, you give someone another tool that they can put in their, their tool chest, you are creating a better environment for your training, your learning. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I think in everything, knowledge should be like an open book. There shouldn't, like, I understand the idea of trade secrets. Sure. But in an art and in a craft, when there are trade secrets, you stifle it. So why not give everybody everything that you have? Mm. Why not give somebody the information that if they can do it better than you, then you've succeeded for the greater good. I think that's sort of the one aspect of jujitsu that's, you know, it's such a humbling process. It's, it's, it really makes you face uh, defeat in ways that, you know, you might not be used to. Most people avoid that. Yeah. I think it's, life, I right? think it really teaches you a lot about who you are. If you can, face defeat, face rejection, and face hurdles. And I think that it creates a better character and a better individual when 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 you're well-rounded like that. Well, it's funny and because... And jiu gives that to you. Yeah, but as adults, if we're not good at something, what do we do? We normally avoid it. Yeah. As an adult, like, you don't have to go and play sports. But when you're a kid in school growing up, you kind of have to do some of those things, right? Um, with... The kids, I see that a lot. You always have like poor sportsmanship, right? You always have um, uh, people, you know, kids and adults that are, are sore losers. Um, but with the child, most times they're not emotionally mature enough or capable to handle it. So they just, you know, they'll break down, they'll cry. They, I don't want to do this anymore. They'll sit on the side. The, the, my favorite is when the kids... Um, are having a, a challenge with the technique and they ask if they can go get some water or use the bathroom. I'm like, right. no. To avoid doing it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No, you get a water break when I tell you to. You know, we take group water breaks. Um, but as an adult, we normally avoid those things. It's just like... But this, this is why I really have a lot of admiration for people who do start training jujitsu As an adult? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because it, it, it whether whatever attracts them to it, whether it's like the interest in grappling or maybe they wrestled back in the day, mm -hmm. but like for someone to, to, you know, want to train and then do it 
and then enjoy it for all of the things that it can give you. Um, I, I, I love that. I respect that. I also started training when I was uh, just about 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I trained martial arts beforehand. So I okay. kind of had a feeling of, you know, what it would be like. But, you know, we have some people, we've had many people that have trained later than, you know, about that age and if not older than that. Sure. And for them to be able to like accept that sort of, you know, feeling of being under pressure and trying to learn the physical and the mental part of it, it's, it's a, it, it's a admiring. You know, it's funny. I, I've had several conversations with people coming onto the mat for the first time or inviting them onto the mat and telling them about jujitsu or someone's asking me like what jujitsu is like. And I tell them for beginners, it's, it's, it's tough and it helps if you're tough. And usually when I say that people automatically think, well, I'm tough. I'm physically tough. I can take it. I'm like, no, it's not about the physical, man. It's, it's about the mental because the fact that you are a legitimate tough person, like you can, you have high tolerance for pain or you don't give up easy or, you know, you have fighting spirit. That's all great. And it's going to help you. But in the beginning, you're going to get tapped. Oh yeah. You're going to get choked. You're going to get arm barred. You're going to get smashed up. Right. Especially if you come in with that tough guy attitude. Right. Um, if you're getting on the mat as a new person and then you start doing some drills with some resistance or you start to roll, the tough guys usually go at you really hard. And then what do you have to do? You got to turn it up and then you go at them hard. Then what happens is a lot of times they quit. Right. Right. They quit. So I tell people, I'm like, yeah, you, being physically tough is great, but being mentally tough and being able to eat big, giant slices of humble pie I can help you out the most in the beginning of jujitsu. If you're the type of person that wants instant gratification and wants, you know, to be good at something really fast, jujitsu ain't for you. Agreed. Nine out of ten people are not going to come in there and be like the sunshine. But I would, in closing, urge everybody to keep their mental game sharp and study. Understand it's a process. Yeah. Right. And, and to be good at anything, you have to be bad at it first. Right. Yeah. Well, anything else to say? <laughs> there's always something to say. Yeah. And we'll continue. We will. This was this was great. I think I I really like having these types of conversations within jiu-jitsu because you're able to talk about this thing and you don't have to work it out on a mat. And it sort of keeps that mental aspect sharp so that when you are rolling, it's there and you've discussed it and by discussing it you're giving yourself more understanding. Well, you know what's awesome? Every time we record a podcast, I find that the next few classes I teach are so much better, just mentally. Like, because we're discussing jujitsu at a at a level that that you need to have some understanding, like the podcast. It's obviously our audience probably are people that are into jujitsu. They're not going to just scroll by and be like, oh, jujitsu, and start listening to it if they're not into jujitsu. But when we're sitting here and we're talking about these concepts, and and people that don't train with us may not understand exactly what we're talking about, but we're trying to verbalize it in such a way that you can get it and you can start looking for those things wherever you train on the mat. Right. Right. Or you can start to see them when you're watching matches online. Sure. I think that's sort of another aspect of it is that the more discussions I have and the more that I listen to 
high-level jujitsu practitioners talk online and in other podcasts, I start to really understand it when I watch it and when I execute it. And again, like having these conversations is is very much like going to class. Sure. You know, we're teaching each other. I'm learning from you. You're learning from my experiences and as a student giving you that feedback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and that honest feedback. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like there are so many ways in which you can sharpen your game. And I think being sharp mentally Mentally, is 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 important. And by listening to these podcasts and contributing to our comments and uh, engaging with us, it will also give us some information on what you guys want to hear. I think that was good, man. I think we uh, achieved our match chat for the day. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to the Core Academy podcast. Check yeah. us out online at coreacademybjj.com and on Instagram at coreacademybjj. And my name is Moshe. I'm Brandon. And thanks for tuning in. Later. You just experienced the Core Academy podcast. Feel the flow. Jiu-jitsu for life. Us.